Father God, we want to thank you so much for uh, today. And even as we go into your word, uh, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to um, authentically live out our, our, our walk with you. Help us to engage with you in a way that you can direct and shape our lives. Um, I pray for this discussion that you'd be here in our midst as well, um, that um, you would guide us as we even try to um, coach the home groups and the church in how to uh, be a living witness for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, so we are now um, officially in like, it could be session one, haven't really decided whether intro should be session one, and then session one should be session two, um, but we'll just call this session one. Um, at the moment, so uh, uh, we are, okay, let's do a quick recap, uh, shall we? Um, it's the Witness series. Um, it's again, it's based on our anchor verse for the year, Acts 1-8, where we are called to be witnesses. Um, the one line for the series is to invite others to taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, I may not have said this earlier, but um, some influential books in the, pre for the preparation of this, ser this series, um, uh, besides the Wearsby commentaries on Acts, which is pretty good, um, is Invitational Life by Steve Carter who incidentally is Sonia's favorite preacher. Um, and uh, I think probably more recently, only added last week actually, uh, was this amazing book uh, by, um, uh, it's called Authentic Christianity by Martin Lloyd-Jones. And oh my goodness, that guy is an amazing preacher. Um, so if you can get your hand on those few books, uh, they're pretty good um, then what we're trying to do with the series is really kind of go through the first sort of four sessions summarize how do you become a witness so they're broadly live um, which is you know get swept up in God's great love and know your own relationship with him you go deep with God so you have to authentically live it out first then two is show up uh, which means that you're living openly and transparently before others. So it's no point you live a great Christian life and you're a witness to, like, your television set. And, that, and that's pretty much it, you know? Um, so you have to actually go out of your way to to be transparent about your life, which means uh, vulnerability and a bunch of things like that. Three, um, you have to relate and engage in other people's lives and listen and get involved in other people's lives. And then four... Um, risk, which talks about trusting God by leaving the familiar and stepping into the unfamiliar. Um, to, in, and you see this in the book of Acts, where they actually go, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uh, outer parts of the world. And really, being a witness is not just being a witness in your classroom with the group of friends that you've had for 20 years in the neighborhood that you always walk around. Of course it is. That's your Jerusalem. But it's also being a witness, going to these unknown places, and and and, and um, Paul gets shipwrecked in you know in in rocky seas and the into places where they're being persecuted. Being a witness, I think, has a real active component um, to it. Okay, so uh, today oh. this session is um, it's at the moment it's called live. And the one line so far is, allow God. Um, maybe it'll have more words by the end of it. All right, so um, 
everyone, everyone can be a witness. Like, honestly, everyone in the whole world can be a witness. But not everyone can be a witness for the true living God. I mean, <laughs> we witness things all the time. Anyone can be a witness. Like, honestly, anybody can be a witness, right? You can be, like, but are you, a, are you a witness for God? Are you witnessing um, uh, the correct representation of God um, in who He is, actually? So, um, so that's what we're trying to grapple with in this session. Um, the first thing you need to understand in the book of Acts is that the first movement in the book of Acts is actually God Himself. So, um, God is the one who initiates. God is the one who takes. He's the one who shows up. So, all of the witnessing that occurs in the book of Acts, all of the gospel going out and all these things that happen, they're not because Peter came up with a strategic plan and, 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 and looked through all the different things. Like, it's not because um, the church had amazing programs and did all these kinds of things. It actually began with God showing up and then doing something significant in the lives of His church. In fact, the church's role was mainly to create space and to wait on God. That was the beginning of the Pentecost. Our anchor verse for that, uh, today's session is Acts 2, 1 to 2. And so maybe we can get somebody to read it who set their Bible up in the book of Acts. And it says, And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Uh, you see how they wait, and then God shows up. And this might seem really cliche, but that's supposed to be our orientation when we uh, interact uh, with God. We're supposed to take on um, a role as Christians where we go, God, what are you doing in my life? Where do you want me to go? And But so often in the everyday life of a Christian, it's the other way around. We're like, oh God, I'm going to do this. Please bless me. <laughs> bless it. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. Yeah, give me journey mercies as I go and do this. Uh, provide me grace as I do this. And um, you see the orientation just flip the other way around. You have to ask this question. Um, how did people with no learning, no money, no influence, no significant authority end up doing what they did? And historians have looked at this. Um, theologians obviously have looked at this a lot. There's really not a lot of explanation aside from God orchestrated it. You actually see the hand of God through history in the explosion of the church through the book of Acts. Because you would either point to... The, the, the miracles that occurred supernaturally there, or you would point, which are, you know, obviously um, the gospel is anchored on, you would point to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, either of which would have been things that were not um, created by men. Um, it's important to understand that uh, you see God acting in the church. Uh, Christianity is not a dead religion. Um, Christianity is is okay when we say dead religion it means that sometimes people get this view of christianity where god himself is like stuck in the pages of the bible it's god's not really doing anything so 
it's up to us in the staff meeting to come up with something that's really exciting that people will want to come for, that people will be touched. How can we talk through this room and impact people's lives and, and make everyone's world a better place? And, and so then we sit around talking as if God, who is the other person here in this room, is not an active, alive agent, is not living and breathing and able to affect and change our lives. In fact, Christianity is that which controls us. It happens to us. A good way to think about it is um, Christianity is the reaction we have to God's action. And so that's how, in this first session, we talk about we have to live the Christian life. It's, we've got to first have... Uh, a, set, a set of experiences with God. We've got to open ourselves in so in a deeper place with God so that God affects, changes our, our life like a living um, person. I think also um, it's important to understand that Christianity, as you see in um, Acts 2, is open to all. So because it's not us initiated, anyone can live the Christian life. Uh, whatever state of sin you're in, whatever your history, however educated, non-educated you are, whether you got money, no money, anyone can because it is not us who brings anything to God that kicks the whole thing off. It is God who first reaches out to us. And so all that requires, um, you know, Acts 2.21 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a great invitation there. It's whoever calls on the name of the Lord and, and we have seen in our lifetime um, and throughout church history all kinds of people call on the name of the Lord even someone like Paul who would have been a murderer of Christians and a persecutor of the church can, can find himself in a place of need and call on the name of the Lord and, and, and be saved um, great so then so hopefully uh, that'll form the sort of the core of the home group discussion. Um, I'm hoping to highlight two pretenders um, because I think as the gospel goes up, so what we want to do is we want to talk about, you know how I said, everyone can be a witness, but not everyone can be a witness for God. Right? There are a lot of false witnesses out there. And I thought maybe we would cover two of the false witnesses in the book of Acts, just cursorily maybe. So the first one, the first pretender, I think... Um, uh, for, Christ, for them, Christianity was about face. It's like, oh, is my mom going to bug me about not being at church? What does this auntie think? Does Jordan think I'm cool or not cool? You know, so I better rock up at church and not chit-chat with my friends because, you know, Jordan is looking at me, right? And so you have Ananias and Sapphira who all of their friends are being swept up by the move of the Holy Spirit. So they are all selling their houses, they're, they're combining everything in, the gospel's going out, and they're like, oh my goodness, I, we can do this. You know, we, are, we also want to be well-respected in the community, we want to be part of the thing that's going on, right? And so they say to everybody that they're giving 100% to God. But... In reality, they're not. It's they. They're trying to be a witness. If I say they're trying to be a witness for God, but it's a pretense for face. And I know we can look at Ananias and Sapphira and say, "Oh, they're so terrible. They deserve to be killed, or whatever it is." But if we, um, yeah, that's just how I think. They do deserve to be killed. 
<laughs> yeah, if they didn't deserve to be killed, the Holy Spirit would not kill them. Yeah, that's true. Because they are just God. Anyway, <laughs> so we <laughs> look at this situation, right? And then we think, oh, we would never do that. But how often do we as Christians, if we're really honest, portray like we're a better Christian than we are in reality? Like, I think sometimes that can be the motivation for our witness. The, the community. And so we have to gauge, I think we have to... Um, we have to have this, if we want to be a genuine a witness to the genuine God, then we have to ask ourselves how much of what we're doing is for face and how much of it is because God has initiated something in our life and we're just responding in just a genuine response. And that might be you don't have your lives together or whatever it is, but you're just responding to whatever God is currently doing in your life. Two, you've got Simon the Magician. Uh, who I really like. He's like this. He's like the mysterious magician. Um, anyway, um, so here's this guy. He makes his money doing magic in some area, whatever, right? Um, and uh, he comes up across um, the the disciples who are able to do all these miracles. And he's like, "Oh my goodness, I want that!" Um, and basically, he just gets blasted by them. Um, and I think what you get from this. Um, Incident is that God's spirit cannot be manipulated. Um, that Simon, I think, wanted the riches and the glory, and he wanted to sort of manipulate. He wanted God to be his ble- to bless him. Um, and I think that's again another way we fall into this temptation of being like a false witness, where in- Christianity becomes a means for our blessing. That means. We're not witnessing to God because God has actually done something amazing in our life, changed us, transformed us, takes a hold of us, and we're just telling that account. We're telling that account, hoping that God will bless us more and hoping that God will give it like, oh God, if I give you the glory, then you better give me that BMW because I did it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or or whatever it is. That it becomes this kind of means. God becomes a means towards our end. And I think we have to... um, Watch that. Cool. So anyway, um, I don't know whether that is still in the formation stage, but that's kind of the intro to, and it's, um, I'm really conscious of this first session. It summarizes all of Christian living, all of like probably a thousand sermons that we could preach on a Sunday or a youth group, right? Because it begins first with, you must be, a real Christian with real experiences of God and a real uh, so what with it that's why I think we did living faith before we've done um, all these other home group sessions we've done what is real Christianity about when we did the book of John that's you know um, we did the Pentecostal series just before so all of these things summarize into this first one which just goes hey make sure your walk with God is an actual real one uh, and then the rest of the other sessions in the home group take it elsewhere. They're like, how do you open up your life? How do you be transparent? How do you go into an adventure? How do you know? But it kind of presumes the first thing. That's why I thought, spend one good session on it. Some of the questions that we could ask is like, what does it take to be a witness to a real God? Um, 
because later on we're going to ask <coughs> later on we're going to ask the question what does it take to be a real witness to God but now I think we want to ask the question what does it take to be a witness to a real God that means God needs to be real in your life um, um, yeah. uh, then you know we ask who, who can be a witness maybe and so we, I want to spend some time in the home group discussing because I think a lot of people will feel like they can't be a witness their life's not perfect their own work with God is not even that great maybe they're in a dry spell um, but did you know there were a lot of people who were in dry spells in the Bible in the Old Testament and they write about their dry spell um, or they would go through the wilderness and all of Israel went through, and, they, and they still end up being a witness to, to God um, and then we talk a little bit about maybe what it is to be a false witness but uh, what I'm keen on actually is so that's all I've got um, I'm keen on your actual thoughts today <coughs> today in particular because I think of all the sessions this is the trickiest one because I've got to summarize it all and basically land on you've got to be a real Christian as quick as I can um, what's a good way for us to tackle this live component of witness or how do you feel, feel like this thing because I'm trying to begin with the book of Acts we can't just ask people if they really know God like if they have a relationship with God yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. I know, but can you just be direct? And say what? Do, do you have... have how, well, how do you see Jesus in your life? Like, it's... When you, yeah, I don't know, something... Okay, like, good. What's a recent example? Do you see Jesus? I don't know. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. So how would that play out? So how do you see Jesus in your... I mean, that's a very generic question. Some people might give a whole lot of, a whole lot of circumstantial answers, mm -hmm. which may or may not be God. Yeah. So I don't know if you can make it more specific, like what was the last thing God said to you? What was the last message mm. you got from him? Mm. How did that happen? Something, I don't know. Okay, so landed do experiential. You, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, it just seems like you can give platitude answers to what you've written mm, there, mm. that's my problem, yeah, exactly. that's where Which I'm we, getting at. Exactly. Which we don't want to, that's yeah, why, exactly. which is why we're trying to discuss um, some of the f pretender things. So by giving a platitude, uh, like, I, are you just trying to manipulate God, are you are you giving an answer to save face in the home group when it's not actually but reality? But are people going to be group? that honest with themselves? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Are people that honest? But if they've been <laughs> pretending, my feeling is if they've been pretending, they're going to keep pretending. Yeah, but then the Holy Spirit's a judge. And then, like, these guys got killed from being pretending. Yeah. So fear is going to drive them into into confession. Well, I mean, there's a reason why it's enshrined in scripture. Um, I mean, I think there has to be maybe in the home group there needs often, to be yeah. the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe. Yeah, there no. needs to be some tangible something, doesn't there? What do you guys think? When you say real, it's so 
put it this way you know, all of us at one time or another not necessarily whole time real right <laughs> right so sure. we cannot be real all the time realistically not possible right hmm? so which means that I think instead of using the word real it will be live a life that is godly you know or you can live a godly life and not be a Christian yeah I think because exactly because I think so the key um, so the key thing that we've got to try to How get can you in this godly life without being Christian because it appears godly I mean you you can't just act godly you've got to lead it out from yeah, the inside some people out. can my sister's very good at it <laughs> yep. Okay, the, the, the one thing that we're trying to get at in this session, right, is God's agency. That means, out of all the things you want to say about being a Christian and not being Christian, whatever it is, it is, can God act in your life? Like, can God initiate in your life? Because if God can initiate in your life, if God can... When you say initiate, what do you mean by initiate? That means God leads, directs, interferes with your life, derails you, convicts you, comforts you. Like, God, I think what I want to do is draw a comparison between the kind of Christianity which is self-driven and the kind of Christianity that is God-driven, right? And so self-driven Christianity there's a lot of us who know what that's like. It is, I've got to go to youth group because it's my job to go to youth group. And then I've got to, uh, uh, you know, to be at the prayer meeting. Otherwise, Uncle Roland's going to say, why were you not at prayer meeting? And then, I've got to, and then it becomes, or we sit around here in a, in a room going, hey, what can we do that's really amazing that can encourage people to be more hospitable? And so then Ruth comes up with a great idea. You know, let's hospitality month or whatever and then, and then Jordan comes out with a great graphic design that then you know and then so then we generate out a range of things that hit good godly goals um, which is fine but an authentic Christian an authentic Christian sits in this place where um, God happens to us God arrests us drives us and then, or we put ourselves in a sufficient enough place of risk that we were out of our own strength, out of our own comfort zone, out of our own ability, and then God shows up. Then we have something to testify about. Otherwise, we're just testifying about our own awesomeness. Like, I don't know if I'm getting that across. No. Yeah, it's just hard. I don't know if we can't force people to be convicted that they're not authentic. I think that's the thing. Oh, yeah. I don't think we can force it, but um, home group is about bringing out that discussion and then educating everybody, as part educating everybody, that this is what is required. Like, this is what living, a wi- as a living witness, this is what it, it is. And these are things that it's not. Now, whether they do that or they don't do that, like, oh my goodness, like, that's between you and God. But the book of Acts in itself why Luke was motivated to write all these things down was he was trying to articulate and record down normative behavior for a church and say 
this is pretend Christian, these are you know, these guys are gonna get killed and these are all the things not to do, and these are things to do. That I'm just trying to replay the book of Acts as we go through the witness. Yep. What do these guys think? What do you guys think? Yep. These guys are not concentrating. What are these guys thinking? Um, I'm, I'm still trying to get my hair out. I think mm. it's. I think I like the pretenders thing because mm. it brings up things that people, like people, may not even realize that portraying to be a Christian is even not a good yeah. thing. Like people might just think, "Oh, I'm doing what I need to do to get by," kind of thing, and not even realize that. There's no, you can't be a pretend Christian. Like it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So it brings up that conversation. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I think, like, even the when you were saying the church's role is to create space and wait on God, like if our home group leaders know that going into the home group, like, okay, we're gonna, like, even to start off, we're just gonna create the space, and this is, like, every, like, everyone's got, like, it's up to them if they're gonna wanna, like, allow God to yeah. get all up in their space, but I think these are, like, conversation topics that need to be had, because we don't really talk about it, because mm-hmm. it's just, do what. How do you create space for God? No, home group in itself is space for God. Uh, how do we as a staff team create space for God? Today's staff devotion is... A, you have to understand that a space for God is not just experiential. Mm. So it you incorporates all the five senses, incorporates all of the fivefold gifting. So part of it as well, I was just reading um, uh, Piper on the strength of uh, doctrine. Like... Part of making space for God is also making space to understand God and get to know Him and, and to get into His Word and allow His Word to transform others. Part of making space for God is um, in, um, also in the interaction with other people pastorally, like with the five-fold gifting. So as you pastorally interact with people, you make space for God to move in and through you and to speak into your life even. So, so relationally, people can have as um, as a follower of God, uh, people can have an influence in your life that then reveal the very nature of God in, in, in you. Also, there is prayer and just creating that space. But it's really, in all senses of the word, and I, I struggle to explain because everybody runs straight to their cliche, but it is creating that space where you go my life is not so ordered and defined that God cannot shake the whole thing up in whatever means that is whether that is in a conversation with somebody and then your whole life changes or you read something for scripture and it convicts you so much that your whole life changes or you spend some time alone in prayer and, in, and, and, and God appears like a rushing wind and then, and then you have an encounter and then your whole life changes in any of those Ways. That's why I, one of the first things I did when I became a senior pastor was create that space in our staff team for God to change and shape us in our staff devotion. Because previously, we only had a staff meeting, basically. Does that answer you? No. What, what do you mean by space? Basically, whose space? Your space or... Well, it just sometimes it feels that even the staff devotion is just like a sermon. 
and it's not like really a space for God to move. Right. Right. So more discussion needs to. I don't know. Sometimes it just feels too dry. Okay. Yeah, and it's like you're going through a process, you know, you're testing out your things, which is good, but it doesn't like. Yeah. Doesn't feel like God. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that sometimes. Yeah. How do your own devotions? Because all of this, like I was saying to Jordan during the week, I could record the home group sessions tomorrow because it's all done. But for me, it's come from pretty much. I spend about an hour, maybe an hour plus every day um, uh, in my own quiet time. Uh, with God but in particular this was spent while I was away and having some time by myself in amazing moments with God like oh my goodness I'm writing stuff down like God is like and so when I come here and usually you see me in a bundle of enthusiasm because I'm like ah recording the it looks really good it's it's really well done but but how so um, but 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 maybe what you're getting is a like a snapshot of how I interact with God, right? So maybe if we all share, if we all share, how do we? How does God affect your life? Let's go through that, because then it helps me and our listeners and our home groups get a more comprehensive picture of the different ways in which God moves us. Yeah. So let's just go around because I'm sure God moves in our lives at some in some way, right? So for me, it's it's really scripture. Honestly, I know it sounds like a big cliche, but honestly, it's really scripture based because I um, all the big insights I get from God, all the com- deep convictions about how I change and live my life, actually really originate um, from whatever I'm currently doing in my devotional life. It, it important. I mean. It also happens with Uncle Roland and mentoring and various other things, but I would say my daily anchor, my primary love language would be um, the teaching side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it everything? Mm-hmm. Like, even when we were talking about the saving face, I was like, oh, I feel like, because when I first read it, like, even in our staff devotions, sometimes there's a like, oh, you need to deal with that room. <laughs> and yeah. I think I've learned to sort of go into it. Even like Sundays, I used to not go into it expecting God to do anything because yeah. I was just like, just do it. But I've learned to sort of try and take every opportunity to let God do what He wants to. So even in like worship, sometimes a song will just like, strike a chord and I'm just like no I need to love people more like and or even just like conversations with people and even like with Jordan like we'll talk about youth and what we should be doing like like, and it kind of comes from everywhere because I'm just like I need all the help I can get I need God to just show me what to do because I've tried on my own and it doesn't <laughs> so like just, for you like how does God initiate stuff in your life? Uh, yeah. Um just I me. think me personally I I think it's through um, interaction with people. Mm. 
Um, um, I think on different levels, I guess with different sort of people. So people in ministry or do do our Christians. Like mm. God speaks to me through that, mm. and even even if it's just through just normal people, your everyday people who um, don't know God. Mm. And I think you know, it's just um, I think through those interactions, I, I can see how. Um, how how much they need God, and then God sort of speaks to me through that, and and how um, you know I guess ways that I can uh, be a blessing to them. How yeah. um, I know I just I know I just feel like through those interactions, um, I, I learn a lot about God, about His character, yep. and about how what kind of people in this world need to know His character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I encounter that a lot through like a lot of ministry stuff, so youth ministry, and even through like the the Monday Monday B Boy stuff, and, um, the school ministry stuff that I do with um, Empire, um, and yeah, I think a lot of the interactions I get is just just how how different everyone is and how yep. um, how God is still so valuable for each and every one of these people, yep. um, and I think as well as, as I'm. When I read scripture as well, so I think how um, profound scripture can be, and yeah. how God speaks to me through that, yeah. and okay. yeah, I think that's yeah. generally cool. the, the main. Yeah. So I mean, in summary, I think what you're trying to say is that um, the way God affects your life is people affect your life, and do you let people affect your life? Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, is is your way of letting God? Yes. Affect your, your life, which is fantastic. Like, I think that's, um, that's really good. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for me, it's like um, like circumstances. Mm-hmm. So like I find that through situations and scenarios, mm-hmm. what happens is I see God in those moments. Yes. And yeah, and, and it's like kind of like Ruth, where it's like kind of like a blend, where it's like obviously like the Bible will be backing it up and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So for me. Um, yeah, like having that, having that circumstance, and then seeing one, like even for example, I like talking to my mum yesterday, and it was a, wasn't a positive conversation for me. It wasn't yeah. like talking, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's like it led me to like realize, like even like like she's got, she's going through so much, and just like mm. even like this morning, like I was listening to the radio, and then like some guy was like talking about oh like single parents it's like they actually go through a lot and then mm. it's like a huge burden and it's like all that kind of stuff and I'm like oh it's like all these different things that like reminding me it's actually like maybe I should think about it from her side yeah her, her shoes Good. and so I guess like for me like when God leads me towards change or when he leads me towards um growing um in my character um, yeah, it's usually through like a circumstance. Yeah, different things like that. that's so that's perfect. If we can get um, people seeing that, then they're attuned to God and God speaking in all areas. Like that is authentic. That is authentic Christianity. That is us living our life. Then we'll have more and more things to be a witness over. We'll have an actual active Christian life, and so that's. I think that's that's huge. Um, just you saying that. Reminds me of something my mom used to say to me all the time. It sounds really bad, so whatever bias is implied by it, I apologize in advance. But my <laughs> my mom would always say to me, "Chris, there are two ways to learn: wisdom or experience. Make sure you learn either way." So 
like I think experience is this great way to learn. Like you're going through something, and oh my goodness, like this is what's come out. Uh, uh, I mean, there's also another way. We sit down with a book and then go through somebody else has gone through it, and then you know something, like that, right? But but they're both really like as long as we are like allowing God to like sow and feed new things into our life. I think that's a that's a great orientation to have. Yep. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I don't know if I have a particular um, yep. way of like letting God kind of sow in. I think a lot of it just comes to being open to like God being able to kind of sow in many different ways. Okay. So like, like some of them would be like for example, I think um, Absolutely. That's cool, but yeah. it's like how it, that happened, and then it's like, um, it's like you can kind of see like God speaking through other people and yeah. kind of directing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's really good. So for me, is uh, usually I start out the day with uh, you know uh, Bible, so I will listen. And I'll read different books of the Bible, mm. not, not the books per se. Yeah. And uh, then what I do is because I meet different kinds of people, mm-hmm. so when I meet different kinds of people, uh, I usually will try to minister to them at mm. their need. Yeah. Not what I think, ah, this is what the Bible says, you know. Because I'm more on the practical, right? Yes, side of service side. Yeah. So I'm, you know, for me, is and the other learning aspect for me is basically observation. Yeah. See, I learn a lot of things through observation. Mm-hmm. Like even I can, yeah. You may see me. Oh, I'm a handy person. Where I I don't have all those training, you know, to be a practical person, right? Mm. But I observe what people do, then I do it. Yeah. In a practical way. So it may not be the best, but yeah. it's done. Yeah. You know? So that's the the two basically way. So coming back to uh, ministering side, I mm. usually will not Bible best people. Sure. You know, I, I will I'm not that 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 type. But I will use scriptures as reference. No, it's more about how God talks to you, not how you talk to others. Yeah, how does God change you? How does God change you? Yeah, you see, now, so as a result of that, those interactions, yep. and then God begin to mold me, you know, right. so because I learn, you know, from other people, sure. so, hey, how they run their things, how they do this, and that, yep. so as a result of that, I begin to, to pick yep. up okay. from there, yep. and from, and, and through that, then I see, okay, this guy is living this way, you know, I shouldn't be doing like that. This guy is doing this, maybe I should follow that. Sure. You know? Exactly. Okay. That. Yep. That's really good. I, what, what you're catching, um, if you're listening, uh, from most of our staff team is actually, so people, 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 FGA has a very strong calling and a very strong gifting in the 
pastoral uh, element of the fivefold ministry. Um, there are other churches that are really strong on the prophetic. There are other churches that are really strong on the teaching gift. Um, and the, but FGA, oh my goodness, um, we when I, and and even growing up at FGA, as I hear people talk about how do they connect with God, how do they grow with God, what has encouraged their own development and closeness with God, so often it echoes in FGA. It's this. It's a person. It's a mentor. It's somebody else who's encouraged me and was right. And um, so that is, I think, really, really um, a distinctive of uh, how we operate as a church and how we're called actually to communicate the gospel. Um, so I'm actually really appreciative that you guys uh, shared that. Um, Megan, um, probably the primary one is scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be just in your systematic reading and then something stands out or it can mm-hmm. be a revelation mm. like the scripture comes to mind mm. usually I get a part of a scripture but now it's so much easier yeah because you just google it just google it <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I do that all the time <laughs> but it used to be having to go through oh my goodness yeah, yeah. something through. something in the new test I'm sure it was in the new <laughs> Scripture's primary. Um, second thing is like a personal conviction. So mm. it will be like just a feeling, a sense, mm. uh, an awareness, yeah. which is then confirmed. Yes. So I had one this week and then just in conversation with someone on Wednesday, they said, oh, Megan, I think you should da-da-da-da-da, which was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. And then I was watching this um, teaching yesterday and the same message came through the teaching. Yep. yep. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you know how it says in John, um, John that your sheep, uh, my sheep know my voice. I think one of the things about understanding God's voice and, and, and recognizing His voice is the more often you hear it, it's like your mother's voice or whatever it is, like or your, your wife's voice. Or, like the more often you hear it, then you, you you're able to sort of tell this is this is God speaking. I need to really. And even sometimes this. when you're counselling somebody, mm-hmm. you think, oh, I need to take that on board myself. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Great. So that's the primary ways. Perfect. If my wife was here, she would say, um, it would be in worship. So for her, the best way she can hear God and get God to convict or speak to, into her life is when she shuts out the noise. Like, I like the noise. Like, I'm usually in a noisy place 
full of pain. And when I'm doing my devotion, the kids are coming in and out. And I'm really like, because if it's quiet, like, I just fall asleep. Like, I just, I can't handle quiet. Um, but uh, my wife would say she best hears God's voice in the stillness. Like, um, and so there are just all these ways. But I think you as the listener, as the home group member, as the home group leader, we've got to know how we, that part of our interaction with God needs to be alive. It's like knowing your wife's love language or, or like, no, it's like, it's, that section needs to be alive. Um, uh, it reminds me of actually a really good book that I know is on Uncle YC's bookshelf, Courageous Leader, Ship and Courageous by Bill Hybels. Um, large section of it talks about multiple pathways to, um, multiple pathways to God. Um, and I think that's a that's a good framework for us to, to 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 adopt as a home group leader as we're encouraging different people to connect with God. Because sometimes we only want people to connect with God the, the way we connect with God, right? Um, which is partly why our staff devotionals we don't have praise and worship, and we're not singing it like, oh my goodness, you know why? Because for like thirty five years or whatever it is, I've done devotions. With no praise of worship. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, it's like kind of mold. And like, if somebody would love to run worship during our staff devotions, I'd be like, I'm so open to it. But we need to understand that there are a lot of ways. God's created us really as different parts of the body, different ways to c- connect um, in there. Okay, cool. So, oh, this is such a good discussion. Good. So maybe we will... Um, so then my question then yes good is if people are not confident in that interaction not confident in god being alive enough in their life um how do we how do we facilitate right a greater connection a more clear more clear plugging in a more Is it by recognizing what their love languages are and then trying to get them to connect to God through, you know, the typical means? Or what do you do pastorally? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I I don't know. Yeah, because because it depends on what is the reason why they're not connecting with God, right? Mm -hmm. So what I've discovered sometimes is they want to connect with God, but they've got a really fixed idea of people only connect with God by translating Greek and Hebrew uh, in your biblical text like oh my goodness I've tried that it didn't do anything for me or 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 more often in the case in our church people will say really connecting with God is if you go to the prayer meeting and you go to it right and then and then we've had lots of people actually in our congregation would rock up and they, would, they would give it a go for like one time or half of one time or whatever and like I, I get some people tell me why they don't show up at a prayer meeting it's just it just does nothing like it's just really they would only do it because we are forcing them to go and kind of do it right and so maybe one reason why people don't connect authentically with God is they're not aware that there's a lot of ways in which you can connect uh, with God just like I would counsel husbands who feel like they they love their wives but they they don't know how to show it because the way they show it is useless to their wife um, yeah, and then you just have to. So part of it's understanding, but honestly, I feel like 
if you've been at FGA long enough, you've already covered that part of understanding. I think the real hurdle is, it's like, um, so a good parable I think to use would be Jesus and the, um, the parable of the sower. Because I think you'll find that the common distractions of, of us getting that good seed of all, are actually our friends that choke us out as weeds and then pull us away. Or the cares of the world that kind of just eat up and, and, and cover our lives. Or that we only engage at a really shallow level. That means we only ever expect Christianity to affect us for one and a half hours on a Sunday. That's our entire expectation of Never ever will God call me to quit my job and be a missionary. Never. It's never. So God is only restricted to that much. And that's going to be the depth of my Christianity. And then you ask the question, why is God not interacting? It's because actually your faith is... So maybe that parable of the sower is a good... For me, it's my, my go-to for why hasn't this living seed bloomed into an amazing forest in your life? Um, but you know I think we're asking and trying to answer in one session epic Christianity issues that we will spend like decades of uh, discipleship and Christian formation trying to build in people so what we have to do with this one session is figure out what part of that puzzle what key bit of that do we want to highlight and do we want to bring out? Jimmy? Like because otherwise it's a, going to be a discussion of like all of every single possible interaction you could have with God and whatever. Like in my mind it's just huge. Like what are we going to throw out? What's going to stay in that thing? Go. So of all the things that you heard today, what was the most helpful? could be different for each person, isn't it? Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The thing that's helpful will be different for each person? Yeah. Oh. That means we should do a really comprehensive... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a good question. Why don't we ask? Yeah, why don't we ask? Yeah, okay. So, it'll be different. What, What was the best, most beneficial part of today's discussion? I think being able to hear everyone's different, like it's very different, like approach to okay, good. hearing from God. Like, yeah, I think it's the more variety there is, the, the more helpful it becomes. Because they're like, oh yeah, actually I do that for like that kind of thing. Sometimes okay, good. Oh, I don't do that. Because then it can open people's hearts up to yeah. different ways. Different yeah. Okay. And then, good, then, then good, people, good. I guess some people feel bad that they don't interact with God in a certain way. In a way. particular yeah. way, right? Yeah. And so they're like, oh, that's not how you do it. And then it's like, yeah. It, yeah. Like the standard reading exactly. Bible, like, oh, quiet yeah. time what, journal. What, what, what if someone said, I just can't connect with God through scripture at all? Is that like a viable thing to no. um, Like, Because there are just people I've spoken to and they're just like, I just can't, I can't. And so... Rather than right. that, they just go through. So I think it's important to understand that what we're discussing is a like it's akin to a primary love language. Hmm. It doesn't mean that all the other love languages are not needed. Like 
you actually require physical touch that you actually even if your wife is not words of affirmation at some point in your marriage you have to say something nice to your wife like oh my goodness like it's just not gonna <laughs> do you know I mean? <laughs> If we talk about the many ways to connect and focus too much on that, people will be like, all right, I don't need to read the Bible. Yeah, exactly. So I think it needs to be, we need to say that there are some core things that are needed. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think it's like also when someone does make that statement, sometimes it's because it's their way of thinking like, oh, I have to read the Bible in this particular way. Like I can't sit there and read 10 chapters or something like that. But maybe it's to do with read reworking how someone approaches yes. the Bible. Yes. And so I feel like all of these types of questions would be really good if you were in a home group and we were having this kind of discussion. Yeah. Because it would be helpful. Like, oh, how do you read? How do you connect? How do you read? And so maybe that's where this session kind of goes. It goes like, what does a vibrant kind of Christian life no, look like? You've got to make it personal. For you. For you. Isn't the exactly. whole leader also needs to be aware of the differences because sometimes they might be just very biased. Yeah, yeah biased that's why they will be all, I'm sure, listening to this uh, <laughs> discussion. It's actually really beneficial that we go through a series and not just has it been prepared in advance by the senior pastor, it then goes through our staff, multi-generational staff team, multi-gifted, multi-disciplinary staff team, and we record the discussion, and then it informs the home group leader when they're leading that, they've got this rich wealth of resources. I've just named three books and probably could name another five more if the home group leader wanted to, all in preparation of that one home group meeting that, oh my goodness, it's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> yeah, everyone reads <laughs> But yeah, well, I mean, that's the potential that's there. Like, oh my goodness, like, it's a good time to be a homegrown leader now, I feel. Because when I was growing up, I want to say I didn't have access to all of those resources. And I just, uh, anyway. So this is good. Um, okay. But thank you for this because it's actually helping me. Um, shift where the first session goes. I think if we can inspire that kind of a discussion that people can personally share, this is what my Christian walk looks like. This is what my active living of my faith is like. Then you can hear all the different things. We can create, a little, we can, I'll change the intro thing that when I get up and speak in front of the video, it will talk about the different ways that people can connect with God and whatever else it is. Great. Then, um, Maybe we can approach um, um, yeah, I think being having witness. to uh, really be more open and you know, to different ways of connecting with God will certainly help because they are not people, they are people who just wants to read. They are people who also want to listen. Yeah, right? sure. And they are people who, who are so full of knowledge but no grace. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, got everything. <laughs> they can quote to you all the Bible, everything, but no grace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You Praise know? the Lord. So, no yeah. point. And there are people who are so much, in, but no work, so it's dead, right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. None of us get it all right. Exactly. Yep. That's right. Exactly. And so I think it's good to have these as um as a reminder, like home group that we it's actually us carving out time for God to affect and shape our life, whether that is through a scripture verse, but also like which is very prevalent in our church relationally. That means relationally you hear something happen and um, somebody encourages you. And then but it's affects got to be more than relational. Oh, it has to be definitely Otherwise, more. Otherwise, you just rely on relationships, and you don't rely on God. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will wish you a really Merry great, <laughs> a great, great. Oh. Okay. God bless.